Now Abram or Abraham was a direct descendant of Shem who was the son of Noah and he travelled from Ur of the Chaldeans to Haran with his father, nephew, wife and family in Genesis chapter 10 and 11. So what we'll be focusing on today is just um, him leaving from Haran to or Bethlehem, Shechem and Ai. The first thing we're told is that God approached Abram and gave him a prompt in verse 1. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now according to Joshua 24 verse 2, Terah, Abraham's father, as well as Terah's fathers before Terah, worshipped many idols and Abraham would have grown up in this environment. Now when Abraham was listening to God, there is no evidence that Abraham questioned who God was when he, was heard, when he heard the prompting or that he got confused between God and the false idols that his father worshipped. He placed his faith in the Lord and willingly left as instructed, even though he did not know where he was going or what was expected of him. As it says in Hebrews 11 verse 8, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. This resonates with me quite a lot as my father was given a prompting from the Lord to leave Zimbabwe at a time before the atrocities there had fully started. He at the time was very much like Abraham where he did not know where he was going, why we were going or what to expect when we got there. This time period between my father's receiving the Lord's prompt and us leaving was one of turmoil unrest and uncertainty. I remember as we were leaving that it was like a weight had been lifted off our shoulders, even though at the same time we were saddened by leaving the people and the land that we loved. When we arrived in Australia, I was quite happy to see my family I had not seen in years and to see all this food available on the shelves. Seeing milk and bread was like being a kid in a toy store. I still recall my aunt being horrified as my siblings and I sat down and devoured two loaves of bread and two three-litre bottles of milk in a sitting before she had to go out again. After the second round, she didn't want to go back. Once we'd, got there, once we'd been there for a few days, though, I was beginning to feel lost and bitter towards God about the move and it took a lot of time seeking the Lord and for him to finally answer why. Having talked to my dad and understood things from his point of view in the recent years, he's taught me a lot on how to respond to God in both his attitude and belief. Now the hurt for him was so much greater as he had seen his country collapse and friends destroyed not just once but twice. As much pain as he was in over leaving and leaving the friends and family and, uh, and land that he had come to love, he understood that he needed to go where God was leading. Like Abraham, he did not know what to expect and he put his trust in God and his trust in God was and still is amazing. The second thing we learn from this passage is that God made Abraham a promise. And this is just from verses 2 and 3. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. At the time of hearing this, Abraham had no way of telling what God was saying was true as these things had yet to come to pass, but he accepted them in faith. Now the wording of God here is very important. He is making an unconditional covenant with Abraham as he did not say, Abraham, if you do these certain things, then I will give you this. 
he says very clearly that he will do everything for Abraham as stated in verses 2 and 3. He will bless Abraham and he will make him a great nation and therefore there are no requirements for Abraham to meet. All he has to do is just accept. Now God's covenant with Abraham was fourfold. God will give Abraham a land of his own. He will make Abraham a great nation. He will bless Abraham and make his name great. And he will bless uh, he and he will bless all the families of the earth through Abraham. Now the covenant has been kept as the descendants of Abraham became the Jews or Israelites as we know them today. And even though they have been scattered all over the world, both historically and current, they still have enormous influence economically, politically, spiritually, throughout history, and they still do today. Abraham's name was indeed made great as three of the world's largest religions, Judaism, Christianity and Islam, can call Abraham their father and ancestor. Apart from Jesus, no other person is well known as Abraham. Now God promised that all nations would be blessed through Abraham and this was indeed made so through the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus was a direct descendant of Abraham as shown in this slide just behind me. You can see there it goes from Abraham through to Isaac, through to Jacob, through, and then through to David and then Jesus Christ. Now obviously missing a few gaps but there's about 42 generations between Abraham and Jesus and it also states in Matthew 1 that Jesus was a son of Abraham, was son of David and Abraham and fulfilled all the prophecies made in the Old Testament about the coming of Messiah, including the one about his lineage being David. God sent Jesus to earth because every single human being that has existed, is existing and is yet to exist has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. As it states in Romans 3, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, to one and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross, was able to expand the covenant that was made specific to the Jews to include everyone, as it states in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. How amazing of God that he loves us all so much that he is willing to share with us the covenant that he made Abraham and his descendants all those years ago so that we can not only have eternal life but we get to have a direct and personal relationship with the author and maker of this universe. The third thing we are shown in this Bible passage is that Abraham had heard the word of God and could either reject it or accept it. And as it turns out, Abraham decided to accept the Lord and he obeyed God in verses 4 to 6. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all of their possessions that they had gathered and the people whom they had acquired in Haran and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Morah, and the Canaanites were then in the land. Remember that this, in this day and age, Jesus had not yet come down, and God had not offered the new covenant that we have the opportunity of accepting today. And God had not yet established the Ten Commandments and the other laws with Moses. 
So the covenant made between God and Abraham was therefore just with Abraham at this point in time. By Abraham accepting and obeying God, he had shown that he had faith in God and was living a transformed life. As again from Hebrews 11, it said that he did so in faith and that he acted. He may not have listened completely to God as he took his nephew Lot along with him and God clearly stated that Abraham must leave his family. But none of us are perfect in following God and it's a great demonstration to see that even though Abraham was a man of incredible faith, he was still just as human as the rest of us. This is a very similar situation in how Jesus asks us to respond. We need not be perfect, but by accepting and obeying, Jesus will start to change our very lives. And this is the same with Abraham, accepting God at his word. Faith without action, or action without faith, is dead and means nothing, as in James 2 it states, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see that then a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by the works when she received the messages and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. For God to do any works in our lives, it requires change. And by our very definition, we all seem to hate change in one form or another. As I said earlier, the initial move from Zimbabwe was a massive change for my family and I, and not one that I particularly enjoyed at the time. However, it taught me a very valuable lesson today. And today I can understand that God stretches and refines us in moments of faith and change. He has blessed me with a beautiful wife, an adorable daughter and an extended family here that I greatly admire. And I just want to thank each and every one of you for the input that you have into our lives, directly or indirectly. Does this mean that change comes easily to me now? Definitely not. I know in fact there are still days that it's very difficult to be flexible, whether it's just life in general whether it's anything to do with work or whether it's just a prompting from God. And I'm sure for some of you, or possibly even all of you, it's very much the same. I know my wife dislikes change with a passion and it seems my daughter has a knack for disliking changes in routines as well. We forgot to read a book to her the other night and only after an hour or two of wailing the house down did we actually realise what we'd done and forgotten. Such a simple change to routine and yet so much hassle. And I wonder if we're a bit like that with God sometimes. All that God's asking is the simplest of things and we give God so much hassle. Now God has already done so much for us 
and he's done everything in the sending of Jesus to die for us and all we have to do is act by responding and accepting him. I just want to ask you all this morning, is God calling you and is he trying to work a change in you at the moment? Is he knocking at the door of your heart and asking to come in? The fourth and last thing that we're shown in this passage is that Abraham prayed and thanked the Lord in verses 7 and 8. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give you this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Abraham's relationship with God was a personal one and throughout the book of Genesis Abraham is shown to be speaking with God on on a regular basis. And why is this so important? So that he could build his relationship with God exactly in the same way that any of our own human relationships work. My best friend and I have known each other for more than 10 years and we've only been able to build that relationship by talking and spending time together, finding out his dislikes and likes and the same goes for him with me. In this way, I was not only able to understand him but also be able to have a fairly good idea on how he would react if I suggested something we hadn't brought up before. The same way goes with God. By spending time with him, listening and praying with him, we will learn more about him, his character, his likes and his dislikes. And we're called to do this daily. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Abraham is shown to have built an altar as a thank you to the Lord when the Lord appeared to Abraham and said that he would give this land to Abraham's descendants. Abraham also raised an altar and called on the name of the Lord when he first settled on the mountain east of Bethel, showing that before he did anything else other than pitch his tent, he made it a priority to worship God and to pray. And in this way, he made sure that the Lord was placed first in his life. What does this say for our prayer life? Well, it means we should pray at any given point, whether it be the first thing we do in the day or whether it's just being thankful. I recall a friend of mine telling us that one day that he often used to pray in the morning when he first woke up and he would pray just before he went to sleep in addition to all the prayers he prayed throughout the day. When I asked him why, he responded that in doing so, God was his first thought of the day and his last. And in this way, he began and ended the day with the Lord. Not a bad idea at all. Now, in these verses this morning, we have been shown that Abraham received a prompt from God received a promise from God, that he accepted and obeyed God, he worshipped God and called on his name. So how then does this message, how do we apply it to our lives? And I'll ask you all again, is God prompting you at this time to change and for you to obey him? It could be something simple in doing a daily devotional, it could be changing a habit or it could be accepting Jesus for the very first time and that would be the best and biggest change of your life. I urge you not to be one of the 92% of the New Year resolution statistics and fail to listen to the the change that God is urging you to do. Be like Abraham and the 8% that follow through on their intentions and actually act. I know it might not be the easiest thing to do as change is not something we take too easily 
But all we need to do is obey. As God has done most of the work, we might just not have seen it yet. God is our rock and can always be relied upon. As it says in Psalm 62, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defence and I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So let's all make a New Year's resolution together that we'll talk to God often so that we can know what God's perfect will is and that we can be known as friends of God's also. Let's pray and I'll hand you back over to Stuart. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Abraham and for the step of faith he took and for the willingness in which he served you. Thank you for teaching us this morning that you are above all other gods and material things and that you have given us an unconditional covenant between us and you where you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son to die for us on the cross so that our sins could be forgiven and that all we have to do is respond and accept you. Please help us this year to make time for you, to speak, to listen and pray with you so that we can get to know you more. Please help us to accept the changes you are asking us to make and to understand your will and that we will not only listen to it but we will act and obey so that we too may live transformed lives, ones that are pleasing to you. Please help us to refine each other and that will be a light and a blessing to all that we meet this year. Help us to be like Abraham and the successful few for the New Year's resolution. We pray for everyone globally, Lord, that as they reflect on the new year just gone and the one commencing, that they truly reflect on themselves and they start to seek you. We pray all this in your holy name. Amen.